podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I was working at an ice cream shop. A guy came up and said, one scoop of the sauce, please. So I said, Fernando Alonso's doing the Indy 500. And Chris Medland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. It's, it's a, it's a call back it. to his oh, scoop about Alonso. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a scoop and I was the sauce. <laughs> I didn't even pay oh, you for that one. No. And of oh, all places dang. to tell the joke that is it that's a, a um, yeah, 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 that's yeah, a yeah. Nate Saunders original. It is indeed. It is indeed. That, but we should have told Beretta that after he'd, he'd yeah. scored it. Okay, but that's okay because you know what I can do with that though. Ah, no, I can't. Yes, I can. Oh, never mind. That should go. But it's not working for me. Never mind. Oh. Everyone, as you were. Hey. hey, which means we're all together. <laughs> we are all together. And, and we're on the clock. <laughs> we, we are literally on the clock here. We're under pressure, so I better give you a score and then we'll explain why we're under pressure. Sounds good. Nate, I'm going to give you a score of six. Oh. That's okay, well, let's, let's hit the intro. Stats. No time to be sad. No time to be upset. We're on the clock. A podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. And uh, we're still on the clock, the music's still running, but why, Lawrence, why are we on the I clock? I feel like we're under so much I'm pressure. Under so, I'm sweating. <laughs> and I normally Nate's sweat, but I'm sweating red. more. Medus has gone red, well, Medus has been running around, but we'll find it. Lawrence is dressed in orange, everyone. <laughs> He's oh. the brightest of all of us. Why am I dressed in orange, though, Nate? So why? many clues. Why? Alonso, Indy. Orange. We well, told people about this, didn't we, in the last episode? Oh, shit, yeah. This <laughs> has only gone and made it happen. We are here, deep inside the McLaren Technology Centre. Thought Centre. Thought Leadership Thought Centre. Center. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, it feels like we're in the middle of the UN, and the UN isn't in session, uh, because we're in the middle of, basically, like a, we're in the round, and all of the seats around us are empty, uh, and we're just kind of sat here doing a podcast, which is great. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I've ever, I've been in here once for the, I think it was the 2020 launch. And I remember at the time thinking, this is pretty cool, but I've never sat in the middle before and I feel very important now. It's pretty cool. That's so thanks McLaren. Special. I feel like anyone wants to come in here and listen to us, listen to us chat. Yeah. yeah. Beretta's learning to chat. We've got Brett on the world's smallest microphone <laughs> yeah. because yeah. we don't normally do this all together and we had to just get our, an extra one. So he's now hugging it like, you know, like a hot I'm cup take, of coffee. I'm going to take a picture like for that. The, for the, trying for to the warm fans. his fingers on it. So Nate keep pointing at me going at the mic and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's clearly because I haven't got headphones either. So I didn't realise you probably can hear I couldn't a hear a word you were saying. saying. No, nah, that's what I did, so I didn't even hear your, ra- your, ra- your ranking. I think you gave me a 10. I didn't know you were here. I think yeah. the quick we move didn't. on from that Jake. Nate, but everyone, why are we at McLaren? We're on the clock, remember? <laughs> <laughs> we are literally going to get kicked out of this, this place in 10 minutes. Okay, it's launch day. It's launch day. It's launch launch day. day. What day is it? Thought Centre. It's launch day. Oh, Friday. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think of the car? Because we've seen the car. We've got an exclusive look of the car. So this is one where, I don't know if anyone remembers, we had an episode that was called We Embargoed This Episode, but for who? We have to embargo this episode as we speak right now because we're not allowed to launch it to you guys until they've launched the car. Yeah. So right now it's uh, 10 to 5 in the afternoon, which means there's no way I'm turning it around quickly enough anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> the car will appear, at, I believe, it's about 7.30 this evening. GMT. Uh, not where we're sat because otherwise they definitely wouldn't let us here. Uh, it'll be on the boulevard of Broken Dreams. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Not Broken Dreams, actually. They're doing quite well, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Just they're going to launch it. Boulevard of Dreams. We have seen it. And I absolutely loved it. Best car. of. I mean, we've only seen four so far, but I thought it was amazing. I love the Aston. 
with the little cheese little cheese graters on the side. But something about the McLaren, uh, I don't know. I, I just thought it looked that both of those cars look. If if all the car like if every twenty twenty two car looks like that, I think it's going to be the best looking grid in a very long time. What I enjoyed about this, Nate, is yesterday you said it was the best car, and then today you said it's the best car. So the next car launch, an Tari launch, you're going to say that's the best oh, but that's car Gasly's too. car. Of course, <laughs> I'm going to say it. <laughs> like, that was t- twelve out of ten. <laughs> I, loved um, it. I loved it too. I thought it was very curvy. They're all going to be curvy, aren't they? Well, yeah, that's the regs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. And they do; they look great. I'm, ooh. So Nate's really picked this one as his favourite out of the four. Is it your favourite out of the four? This one's my favourite out of the four so far, definitely. I'm, I'm swaying at the moment towards the Aston more than this, just slightly. But it's a tight oh, call. Honestly, and, oh, look, uh, security are coming. Um, why is that? Did I just <laughs> bad mouth the McLaren? <laughs> no. Meadows is being carried out as we speak. There's a bag on his head. <laughs> but I don't so this is, this is now a two-man pod forever. <laughs> um, we're going to talk more about how great the McLaren is. Uh, no, I agree, though. I think the Aston is, like, is really nice. And interesting how different the back end of the cars both looked, which is what's going to be cool this year, is how it's like design philosophies and which teams have gone in which direction. And I was thinking, looking at the McLaren and then looking at a picture of the Aston, like one of these guys, one of these concepts could be like, the Braun style, like, mm-hmm. these guys have just found something no one else has. So I always love that. And I wonder how much they look at the other car and go, shit. <laughs> like, well, funny you should say that. Firstly, because we're all brilliant journalists, we have no idea what we're looking at. So we don't know which yeah. one has got it right and which one's got it wrong. But I asked James Key about that. And he said this will be the most ever, really, that he's known, that teams look at each other and what they've done. And you're trying to work out who's done what and the concepts and stuff because it's from such a blank sheet. And there's so many options you could have taken that you're like oh, that looks interesting. They've made that work or maybe they haven't made that work or whatever, but they're going to learn from each other so much. It's like, yeah, this is like, I kind of, I wanted to call it, I wanted to ask him if it was like they're going to be the biggest spy race, but I didn't want to use the word spy in McLaren (laughs) and I did stop myself, but now I've used it, but there's no one here to hear me. So kind of like, they'd have have shown you the front gate if you'd done that. (laughs) Oh, Oh, and now I'm being, get off, off. (laughs) leave me alone. It's only going to be me. (laughs) Yeah. And he is, so I'm going to put the picture online. It's it's amazing. Lawrence is dressed head to toe in papaya. Danny Rick, when we were talking to him in the broadcast bit, I mean, what did he say to you? He said that you looked fantastic, I think is what I heard. He did, and he said that he would wear this, this shirt slash jacket slash... I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting it past Danny Rick to turn up in the first race looking like that. I think it would look great. Well, I'd, um, I'd like to say, Danny Rick, if you want to take my look, that's fine. I charge a reasonable fee. Yeah. For such a look. But, but the shoes you're wearing, you could do a mean shoey from them as well. They're big papaya oh, beasts. I, sh- I should have suggested to him that he does a shoey in one of these shoes Yeah, if he wins again. You didn't mention it? No. Didn't. You didn't mention the shoes you're wearing, no. special papaya ones, which you sent us yesterday to show us you were going to wear here today. No, no, I mentioned it. I didn't just didn't think about the shoey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you ask him anything about Formula One in your interview, uh, or did yeah, you just talk fashion? I did. No, we talk, uh, I talked about tennis. Lawrence came up to me yeah. and was like, was this the Formula One interview as well? <laughs> <laughs> when do we talk about F1? I was like, now, mate. Now. Hang on. Mate, you were asking. <laughs> I asked him about the Super Bowl. Yeah. I asked him all sorts of things. So, come on. Give me These two are now broadcast pros here. I was sat here where, where we're now recording from in the really cool middle Thought Leadership Centre auditorium thing that's 360 degrees. Um, I was sat in here interviewing people just for print and online. For bants. Wasn't even going to be seen or heard. <laughs> just read. Super important, <laughs> I read everything you write, everything. Wait, you don't. Where does that get published? <laughs> <laughs> Do new think you I've seen things? that? Yeah. Matters is a journalist? Oh. No, that bit's that bit's <laughs> just false. That's what he's always Okay, said. well we've always talked to the drivers, so how did how did they come across to you? I thought I mean Danny Rick was in f- normal form 
for me. He was in great form, even though we were kind of like in that broadcast bit, we were the last interview. And usually sometimes you're like, okay, he's going to be fed up. And it was literally, you could hear them, couldn't you? It was such a quiet auditorium. You could hear everyone's questions and answer. I was like, sure, I'm literally asking the same things, bar like a Super Bowl question and stuff. But he was great. You know, he seems, he seems like, I think him getting back to Australia over the winter was a really big thing because he, had, he hadn't been there for a year and a half, which is crazy when you think about it. Like he hadn't even been able to take his trophies, the two podiums at Renault and the winning trophy back to his parents. They'd seen it on Zoom, but they'd not actually seen him since then, which is, in, which is pretty incredible to think about because you just assume like, oh, they're athletes, they're doing fine. But it's a reminder, isn't it, that there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And he had some pretty low moments last year. And I feel like he could have used his parents being there, could have helped him a lot. But I think he's one of those drivers who needs his family around him more yeah, so than any of on the grid. And I think he was hurt most by COVID in that sense of not being able to see the people that he wanted to see. So I think going back, I think he was in better form. Than he was he's great. Been today. Like his, well, he's always smiley, but I just think he was he's so up for it. And even like a lot of questions were around Orlando's just sound this new massive yeah. deal. And he was kind of like, yeah, but I've still got two more plus an option there. And I think I'm still going to be all right. So I, I think he's dealing with everything yeah. really, really well. Well, he said to me, he was like, I asked him the contract question. He said, to be honest, until I came into like this auditorium, I hadn't thought, and then it, or until like came into this today, I hadn't really thought about contracts. And I've had like 10 questions about it. And I guess that sometimes at this point, like we're thinking like contract, contract. He's like, I don't, I don't know. It's two years yet. So well, it's a good reminder. He went and done like a press conference we did and that sort of thing. He went yeah. and talked to Lando about it like we did. So yeah, it's like really front of mind for us. But he was asked about it as well in the like print and online sessions. And what was really interesting there was the way he was saying that what's really good for Lando, because he said it's good for the team. Like Lando's form was great. His performances were so good and he's on a trajectory that's only getting better. But he said, um, what's good for Lando is that I know he loves it here and you shouldn't underestimate like how important the environment is. So he, he never mentioned anything about McLaren winning or like the future success of the car. He was just like, Lando loves his team, he loves being here, so this is a good deal for him, which I think a lot of people on Twitter kind of overlooked. They're like, why would Lando mm. stay like when he doesn't know if he's going to have the quickest car? And it's to like, be fair, that's, to that's what I said as well. So yeah, fair, it is a good point. Like environment is everything. There's no point driving, being in a team where you're like, I hate everything about this place. You said, why would Lando stay? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wrong. I heard, I heard people talk. I was like, actually, yeah, I know. I took the wrong view so this is why we always agree on the pod because we always <laughs> take the safe the safe argument don't no, we the right argument. um i thought it was interesting is obviously we asked them i mean it's incredible that we did considering that we're you know with a lamestream media that don't care about abu dhabi but we all asked about michael massey all asked about abu dhabi and they both were very sympathetic to massey but still said that what happened was was wrong and i think that that's quite an important line to take danny rick i think he might have said the same to you and i'm not sure if he said the same up here but he pointed out that you know, the amount of stuff that Massey has to do race by race is incredibly, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. No one really sees that. And I think that the, se- the sense we're all getting is that he needs a lot of help next year. And I think it was, I think it was Zach said that in the old days, Herbie Blash would usually get all of that stuff that we heard Michael getting. And then Charlie Whiting would be free to make those decisions with Herbie kind of feeding him what he needed to know. Michael Massey's getting all of that this year. So clearly made a mistake, but, you know, I think it was nice to hear two drivers say, you know, that's still a human being that we know. And he probably, and, and, and both of them said he did make a mistake and it was the wrong decision. But um, yeah, I think we need to hear more of that because a lot of people have still been quite like quite mean to Massey, who I, we, no one's heard from really. Like, I feel bad for the guy. No, actually your colleague, Lawrence Edmonton, asked uh, Lando about that, about social media and the way it reacted to Latifi mm. crashing and basically giving him abuse for that. But yeah, yeah, some quarters, obviously not everybody on social media. And Massey, and he's like, I don't know if Massey's on social media, but you know, could have been that it's actually been really tough for him too. 
Um, and then you're right, yeah, Daniel kind of said as well, his role suddenly became like a, a really high profile one that people were covering and like talking about. And he said the pressure was just going up and up and up for something that's just, we should be giving these guys space. We should be stepping back yeah. and letting them make decisions and do their jobs, not making it like a big entertainment factor of, did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Like what they're going to do here, what they're going to do there, uh, broadcasting messages, all that sort of stuff. He said suddenly it went from a level of, you didn't normally used to really hear or see when decisions were made. They just were made and you respected them and you got on with it. And okay, maybe you talked about it afterwards, but now it was like this whole huge drama each time. Yeah. And he said that was a, a step too far, I think. So yeah, I think there was a lot of valid points from them. Um, and that still comes alongside Lance Stroll yesterday saying like completely wrong thing was done, winning consistency. But he didn't, he didn't have a go at Massey. He had to go at the FIA for not following its own rules. Something Seidel said today actually was, I think it was like thinly veiled dig, but got to admit that they're, they're human, just like teams, they'll make mistakes. We've got to accept that, and like the teams have to accept that. But then when you make mistakes, you have to admit when you make one, and you have to correct it. Yeah. And that's one thing the FIA didn't do, did they? They didn't turn around and go like, you know what, we got that wrong. They turned around and went, well, our fans are misunderstanding it, and that sort of thing. And so they said the media's been you know, painting it wrong. And it's yeah. like, no, like, but clearly it was a mistake. Clearly it was a massive, massive botch. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think people, are, and they're, they're too far down the line now to admit that and it come off well if they'd come out the week after and said look clearly we made a mistake i think people still are, are angry about it but the fia can say well look we've admitted it yeah. we screwed up like that is sometimes is your best pr way out of something like that so i think that a lot of things could have been learned from all of that but it was a big talking point today but what else was a big talking point here at mclaren lawrence well i was just going to bring it back to <laughs> oh sorry yeah like yeah I because i feel like they are letting us use their space <laughs> we're not talking it's a lovely about space i'm just going to spin around with it mclaren and he's, he's not joking he has just spun around and almost knocked his microphone and he's back yeah, how was yeah. the spin? Uh, it was only half spin because i'm not talented enough to full one and the table was in the way i feel like there uh, could have been a mazapin yeah. joke there Somewhere? Maybe. Anyway, no, we're talking McLaren. Sorry. Sorry yeah. So I was thinking, what do you think these guys' chances are of moving slightly further up this year? I think they played, did a good job of playing things down today. Mm. They were saying they were on a step-by-step -step trajectory. Zach talked a lot about how they've probably got the money now to fight. In the you know, five, six teams are kind of fighting up at the top end of the cost cap, but McLaren are behind on wind tunnel infrastructure, that kind mm. of thing. And so he was kind of buying a couple more years, I think, of just until they're fighting at the front. But... They seem to be doing everything right, that they're probably going to be up fighting for P3 again, but importantly, closing that gap to Mercedes and Red Bull. Yeah, but go on. I was going to say, based on their hospitality to the paddock, I think they're going to win everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, based <laughs> 23 on races. The car, I can't really tell without seeing all the others, but yeah, I think you're right. The infrastructure they've got in place, where they're at, it's kind of hard to look past expecting a similar pecking order at the moment, I guess because mm -hmm. we're so used to it, but also when you just think of what they have available. Uh, compared to maybe you know what Mercedes have or Red Bull have or Ferrari have, to beat any of those three basically means you need to have got something right that they got wrong. So if they all do a solid job, they'll all be in roughly the same order they were last year. I'd have said. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think this year. I mean, I wanna I wanna you know be that guy that says there's going to be a new winner this year. But I think Red Bull and Mercedes, it's it's easy to overlook how good a job, especially Red Bull, did last year to pull themselves back up. But I think McLaren will be a lot closer, and I think that it's hard not to feel really encouraged and excited by McLaren because everything sure. here, you can, we've talked about it before, you can tell when teams are, like when people are, don't believe the stuff they're telling the media, you know, they're, they're either a bit more cagey, they just, they, you just look at them, you're like, I don't think you believe. But the fact that McLaren were downplaying stuff, I felt they were downplaying it with kind of a little, not a grin, like, not, not like a sly wink or anything, but you could tell they were like, but also, <laughs> like, we feel pretty good. We feel pretty good about where this car is. Like they're not talking about where anyone else is because no one knows yet, but I think that they're in a really good place behind the scenes. Obviously, Zach's done a really good job rebuilding the leadership team. Then Andrea's done a great job of just 
making the race team as you know as good as it as as it has been over the past two years. And I feel like, weirdly, I feel like the pandemic, as terrible as it was for for everyone, I feel like those extra two years for McLaren may actually we might look back at them and say that actually it's quite interesting that they got those two extra years. I know that they couldn't do as much work on the car as they would have liked to, but infrastructure wise, behind the scenes, I think the culture of this team is now so good it's hard not to feel really energized by it. And I don't get the same vibe, for example, from Ferrari, even though we don't get a live launch from them. Sometimes with Ferrari, you just feel a bit like, oh, you know, how is the culture here? How is, how is the general morale? But everyone here, they're all saying, like, I love being here, and it's genuine. So I feel like that alone is a reason to be really excited about them. Um, obviously, they might roll out of the carriage on the first day of testing, and they're like, oh, this car is rubbish. Or they might roll out and be like, this is great. But I feel like everyone in the team believes this is going to be a good year. Whether that means lots of wins or being closer like you said I would think the latter I think they're going to be closer to the front but because it's like a development arms race basically if you're near the front at the beginning of the year that's great because you could overtake people as the year goes on that's a really interesting way of putting it because that was something I was thinking looking at their car when it's on the stage and I thought the excitement they must have right now when they've worked on all this and you see the final finished product which came together for the first time today apparently and got shown to the team earlier yeah James Key saw it today yeah and it's like that must feel great to see it and look at it and then you kind of are desperately hoping it's going to be good. But, you know, dare I bring it up, especially seeing as one of the comms team has just walked in the room. But the Honda years, you probably had the same feeling when you put the car together and looked at it for the first time. You're hoping it'd be better. And then when you see it on track and you get the reality. So mm. right now they're looking at that car and they've got no idea. They'll look back in three or four months and either be like, wow, that's when we put together something great. And now we're like winning races. Or it might be roughly where it was. Or it might be, oh, we had all that hope and it didn't come together. That feeling must to work for a team and have that. I'm yeah. going to look for a nod from Harry who's walked in to kick us out of here. But I'm going to look for like that feeling of like kind of stress <laughs> of like, are we going to have a good season or we're going to have a bad one? Like when you look at the car and you've got all these hopes, it must be like, it must tear you apart because you don't know whether you should be nervous or excited or what. Is, is that true? Is that right? He's, yeah, nodding. he's nodding. There we go. Because he doesn't have a <laughs> he microphone. Got a mic. go ahead, he's, yeah. Um, yeah, he's not allowed to say things. He's, um, you know, he's um, embargoes and I don't know, like... We'd have to pay him, but yeah. Um, Harry but Ball has come in to kick us out. That of is here. our cue to right, Yeah, okay. Well, we don't want to stay away. Welcome. So thank you very much, chaps, for your time. Thanks to Harry. Thanks, dude. Thank you, Harry. For letting Thanks us for do this recording. Please remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social channels. We'll do this again very, very soon. And we've got a lot of time actually now to fill. I haven't got headphones on, so I don't know when our intro is going to end here. I'm just listening to the music. Yeah. It's quite nice. it good? Harry's taking pictures of us, which is great. Yes. So thanks, dude. Oh, wow. We're a long way away, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Didn't time that very well <laughs> at all. Podcast Network.